0: Well, hi there, folks. Welcome to the program. This is Stinchfield, the podcast, brought to you by the wellness company, twc.health forward slash grant for everything you need to be prepared in case of the next medical emergency pandemic, natural disaster, drug shortages, be prepared. Emergency medical kits, be prepared. And of course, doctors on call uh, that are critical thinkers. That's the real key when it comes to the wellness company. So I urge you, give them a visit, twc.health forward/grant. Um today I want to talk about the government's role in rolling out the vaccine, in marketing the vaccine, Pfizer, Moderna, but what about the military's role? I'm seeing more and more information out there that the military was actually the first to start pushing this mRNA technology, DARPA, that's the uh basically the military's research arm, uh was instrumental in all of this. So We'll talk about that and then Ken Paxton, the Attorney General in Texas, suing uh, Pfizer over efficacy. Basically claiming that Pfizer knew that this was not effective, the vaccine, that it was less than 10% effective. Uh, That from Attorney General Ken Paxton. So with that, folks, let's get the show started.
1: Uncensored and unapologetic, this is Stenchfield. Here's your host, Grant Stinchfield.
0: All right, folks, welcome back. Grant Stinchfield here. I want to bring in our guest now, Dr. Harvey Risch from the Wellness Company. Doc, it is great to have you on the program. Likewise. Great to be with you. All right, so first off, from a a bird's eye view of all of this, you've been so instrumental in investigating all of this. All the doctors at the Wellness Company really have been, you know, I use the term critical thinkers because So many doctors, it appears to be through science out the window. But your bird's eye level view, after looking at all of this, of our government's role in this hoax that I call the MRNA shot that they pushed on us.
1: Well, I think the government's role goes back perhaps 70 years to the development of bioweapons. And this has been a problem because it's been laundered to the general public as that this was supposed to be dual-use activity, meaning that bioweapons were supposed to be creating vaccines. And as you recall, we, we signed the Bioweapons Treaty of 1975, Gerald Ford signed that in 1975, that prohibited the development of offensive bioweapons. And so we couched all of our bioweapons research as dual-use, meaning that it would lead to, to vaccines. And so that means the government has been running amok, running bioweapons development for the last uh, 50 or so years. That's the problem because these things are really not containable. And, you know, Fauci has been chicken little over the last, I don't know, 5, 10 years saying a virus is coming, a virus is coming. Every year he'd say that. And most of the time, nothing transpired, but he knew that the labs where this research was going on, both in the U.S., China, Ukraine, probably elsewhere, uh, Canada, he knew that these labs were leaky, that in spite of our best efforts or supposed best efforts at um, doing this research in in secure labs, that the labs that were doing this in the 1980s, 1990s, 2000s were called BSL-2 labs, Eventually, we developed BSL four labs, but you know many co- countries haven't been using those. They're expensive, they're difficult to run, they're they're hard to work in, and so it's no surprise that these organisms get out every year. And the la- you know, and we've had in in this century, in the t- since two thousand, we've probably had twenty major lab leaks of infectious agents, and fortunately, only one of them, the SARS CoV two, caused what's really a, a worldwide pandemic. The others have caused localized infection outbreaks, but but didn't rise to the level of pandemics.
0: You know, I uh, the slate for this podcast that I've made, you know, we always try to make these creative little slates for this. I, I'll put it up. The VAX, military-grade weapon. Um, Doc, I, I heard you mention a creation of a bioweapon. Do you think this is a military-grade weapon that we're getting pushed on by Pfizer, Moderna, and, and Big Pharma?
1: No, I, don't, I wouldn't call the, the VAX a bioweapon. The military calls it a countermeasure, not a vaccine. And, and that's why all of the EUA stuff done by the FDA and so on made people think they were doing something. But legally speaking, that was theater, that this was a military bio um, uh, countermeasure, and, and that's what got rolled out, and that's why there's been essentially no checks, on, in checks and balances on that. The, um, the, the, the bioweapons research led to the development and leakage of SARS-CoV-2 from the lab in Wuhan. I don't think it was in, it was developed as a bioweapon per se to be used. It was a, what I would put a lot of this research is in theoretical bioweapons. Can we make something that would do this? Mm-hmm. And then if we can, how do we manage it? And I think this is cavalier. It, it doesn't deal with the realities that these things leak out and could do horrendous damage to the world, to humanity, you know, when these things happened as happened in COVID.
0: Well, I've got two clips I wanna play from you. The the first is from uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. who's of course running for president as an independent, who um, I I give everyone this this warning about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's a great champion of free speech and he's anti-vax. That falls in line with many Make America Great Again conservatives. Beyond that, I have a stark warning about him. He is no no Make America Great Again conservative. So anybody watching this, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not the guy. Stop talking about him as vice president. If he gets in, he'll take away all your guns. And he's a climate change zealot that literally said on camera, anybody who doesn't agree with this climate change nonsense should be imprisoned. That is not quite a free speech advocate, but on this issue, he has been. So anyway, I have great respect for him when it comes to the vaccine. So let me play this clip from, from him and then get a response. And I've got a clip from Dr. McCullough who goes a little bit deeper into why this claim is is being made. Here we go.
2: Turns out that, you know, the vaccines were developed not by Moderna and Pfizer. They were developed by NIH. They're owned. the patents are on 50% by NIH, nor were they manufactured by Pfizer or by Moderna. They were manufactured by military contractors. And basically Pfizer and Moderna were paid to put their... Stamps on those vaccines as if they came from the pharmaceutical industry. But, you know, that's not what they were doing. They were coming from, you know, the, this was a military
0: project from the beginning. Which then says to me that the military is the researcher of all this and that the federal government becomes the chief marketer. That's all they did was they just give it to Pfizer and then market it for them.
1: Well, we know that um, NIH has at least four patent holders in NIAID who worked on the preliminary aspects of development of the mRNA vaccines in collaboration with Moderna. And that's how the uh, NIH has gotten, I think, 50% of the profits of the Moderna vaccine, uh, some billions of dollars uh, that goes into its coffers, and, and that the NIH scientists are allowed to get up to one hundred fifty thousand dollars per year per patent that they hold. That provides some motivation for doing this work. That that in in pharma they might get much larger remuneration. I find, but in any of them,
0: yeah, go ahead,
1: doctor. Yeah, sorry, I, I don't find that objectionable. I think it's fine to to pay scientists for their brilliance. Um, you know, within moderation, within reason, and um, the, but the problem the, though, no, doc, with that,
0: the problem is, it's fine to pay scientists for their work within reason. The problem is these are government scientists and then these government scientists are tasked with overseeing the rollout of these, which to me presents a giant conflict of interest because if you're getting 150,000 a vaccine and your boss knows everybody's getting rich off of this, well, they want that gravy train to continue, don't they?
1: Well, in my opinion today and today's dollars, $150,000 per year is not making anybody rich it might pay for their kids to go to private school but, or university, but not much more. Um, that, so, and, and those four scientists are not in, in the regulatory review sections of the government. So the government as a whole had a conflict of interest or NIH or NIAID had a conflict of interest in approving, regulating, um, and stumping for these vaccines and, and going out and marketing for them you know, in media for something that they were taking money for That is correct. So there's a conflict of interest there. I don't know how deep this goes on the Pfizer side of things. Remember that there's a third kind of quiet partner of Pfizer. So it was was Pfizer BioNTech and Fosun Pharmaceuticals. Fosun is a Chinese company that was also part of the manufacturing process. Uh, of the Pfizer vaccines, but they, they've they kind of remained an unindicted co-conspirator in, <laughs> in this whole s- scheme of, of how this all got rolled out. It's very difficult to piece out the motivations other than the, economic, the obvious economic ones and who got which monies. Uh, but of course, pharma, the pharma, the Pfizer and Moderna did take in huge amounts yeah. uh, in the billions in, in profits of these vaccines with little to no um, legal exposure for the harms that they've caused all right dr mccullough
0: dug down into um the military's role in all this and i and i want to play a clip of him in uh, in just a moment but before i do that uh i do want to remind everybody about our sponsor which dr rish you're so involved with and dr mccullough involved too the wellness company twc.health forward slash grant and uh, I will tell you, I am already using my emergency medical prescription drug kit. This emergency kit uh, has been a a godsend to me when I've had family members, loved ones, come down with strep throat, and I can get right away a uh, prescription medication for that to combat that strep throat before, because speed is the issue here. Now, God forbid we have drugstores closed down, which could certainly happen during natural disasters. We already are experiencing drug shortages. Why would you have this stuff on hand? Ivermectin is one of the drugs involved in this or that is in this medical kit. It's very difficult to get depending on where you are in the country, depending on who your doctors are. Ivermectin comes with it. And again, I had a horrible, long lasting cough. And uh, Dr. Risch, I'll, I'll I'll tell you, I took doxycycline, which was in this kit, combined with Ivermectin, in the kit, and uh, I did a steroid nebulizer along with a uh, hydro, um, uh, what not hydrochloric acid. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Hydrogen peroxide. Along with a hydrogen peroxide nebulizer, combined all that, I killed this. I killed this in days, Dr. Rish. And I had been suffering from this for a really long time. And then I hit that. Everything I got there, uh, except for the steroid nebulizer, was in the medical was in the medical kit that you guys prescribe.
1: I'm glad it worked. That's our intent and we're, we're pleased when it works so well. Yeah, it sure
0: is. Um Twc.health forward slash grant. TWC.health forward slash grant. Use the promo code grant for 10% off. Uh I promise you folks, you will not uh you will not regret it. Okay. As promised, Doc, uh this is Dr. McCullough um talking about DARPA, which is the Uh, military's research arm for things like this. And uh, listen to what he has to say.
2: In 2012, DARPA, which is the research division of the military, started a program. It's called the Adept Protect P3 Program, Pandemic Prevention Platform. Look what they proposed. They said, listen, we are going to use gene-encoded vaccines as a new category of preventive measures based on RNA or DNA, and in this approach, we will stop a pandemic within 60 days. Within 60 days, in 2012, this was started. When President Trump came out and said it's Operation Warp Speed and they're gonna develop vaccines, it would have been nice if he was prepped or Anthony Fauci was prepped to say, listen, we're working on this. We've been working on this since 2012. This is not new. This isn't warp speed. This is 10 years in coming. The deception out in the open that this was rapidly developed, that there was all this stunning innovation. The contractors, Moderna got its first multi-million dollar contract in 2013. The military works on programs, both the threat, SARS-CoV-2, and work on the answer, monoclonal antibodies and vaccines. But the military has biological threat programs. There's one for smallpox, monkeypox, there's one for anthrax, uh, and who knows how many more programs. This was part of a program. But the military came up with the idea of messenger RNA vaccines, not Pfizer or Moderna, not Operation Warp Speed. It wasn't in response to what was, you know, came out of Wuhan, China. This is a military. When it was announced by Health and Human Services Alex Azar in the Department of Defense, that's who entered into this, you know, ushered us into the vaccine era. The military. Emergency use authorization is a mechanism to get rapid new technology into the military. It's not, it's not a mechanism for the public. Its first application broadly to the public was with the COVID-19 pandemic. That's the reason why the...
0: So- My first reaction to that, uh, Dr. Harvey Risch with the wellness company is, all right, so the military comes up with this idea for messenger RNA, but do they actually test it out? Does it get experimented on on humans? Do we even know if that's the case? Because my biggest question about the rollout of this so-called vaccine was that it it wasn't around long enough to test
1: on humans, but maybe
0: they were. I don't know.
1: Well... Uh, my take is that since when have we ever relied on government to do anything competently? You know, as I say, good enough for, for government work, um, that uh, unfortunately, that DARPA may have had this idea, and it might have been brilliant at the time, but as we know, gene therapies failed dramatically, killed the one of the first patients in them. That's the idea of sticking some kind of genetic tool, either DNA or RNA, into somebody's cells and hoping that it'll make a biological product that will be helpful, useful, treat, block something that needs to be blocked and so on. That whole idea has been with us for 20 or 25 years or longer and has never, as far as I know, risen to major success. Now, that DARPA had thought of to do this or DARPA scientists had thought of to do this seems like a natural thing, and they're probably not the only ones who had thought of this at the time or in subsequent years. However, I point out that Moderna never made a commercial successful vaccine between when this was uh, postulated in 2012 and when COVID hit. So as much as this idea was a theoretical idea, getting this to work, was just not practically successful in all that time. Further, look at what happened. We got hit with an obvious pandemic that was recognized by February of 2020 in Western countries, if not January. It had started in fall of 2019. The emergency was declared on March 13th of 2020. President Trump shifted the, the management responsibility to the National Security Council a week later. That militarized it. And then when did the vaccines come out? When were successful tested vaccines? In the very short-term, two-month testing frame, when did those vaccines come out? In late November, December of 2020. We're talking about 9, 10, 12 months later, not 60 days, okay? First of all, vaccines are useful when they're given in advance of a pandemic. You want the immunity before the, the virus hits the population, not in the middle of it. It's, uh, the use is degraded dramatically when you first start vaccinating people in the middle of a pandemic, yes. especially against an organism that mutates so easily, rapidly and commonly that it, all it does is it makes the, 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 the virus mutate to defend itself against the, the vaccine <laughs> immunity. And so that's that's what was rolled out, you know, in a time frame that was essentially useless for all normal concepts of vaccination. and and But that's what we got. It was forced on us by the government, and and of course you can think the government was doing for military purposes. Well, it wasn't vaccinating its soldiers and letting the rest of the population fend for itself. It was pushing this on the whole population. Mm -hmm. So as much as it was militarized, you have to think what role was the military involved in doing it for the whole population.
0: Yeah, and and then this leads me to the whole rollout, and and I'm going to tie this into Pfizer had a commercial on during the Super Bowl talking about science and I'm literally watching it and I'm thinking, man, oh man, if we ever got away from science, it was following the rollout of the vaccine and the pandemic that anybody that questioned it or had different studies that may contradict what one person's science was, these things got thrown out the window. We were not practicing science at all. Would you agree to that?
1: Well, um, the new developments in science have always been rejected. By scientific peers, and there's a joke in science th- that innovation uh, occurs one funeral at a time, meaning the old guard scientists who refuse to change their old theories have to die off before new theories eventually become understood. Don't forget, Semmelweis was rejected about hand washing between uh, childhood child childbirth deliveries. That all sorts of uh, uh, new technologies in science were first rejected for years before they gradually acquired acceptance with overwhelming evidence that was being understood by younger people generally against their elders. So this idea
0: of throwing common sense out the window in the medical field, I guess, is longstanding. Not washing your hands between childbirths I, I, I'm not a medical doctor, but it's completely common sense that you wouldn't that you wouldn't want to uh, have uh, contaminated hands between childbirth. I don't care how long ago you'd have to be pretty much an idiot to think that would be wrong. And then I think it's common sense to me that says you're going to roll out a vaccine in a very short order without testing it on on people or animals or however you do these tests is probably not a good idea. Common sense, but we were all laughed at for thinking that way.
1: That's right. But, you know, the the, Semmelweis was before the germ theory was even understood, you know, way before Pasteur. And these docs would go and do autopsies in between their deliveries. And and you cannot imagine what was on their hands. Oh, well, maybe
0: I should have been a doctor back then. I would have been rich because I think even I would have figured out something's wrong, that that's a bad idea. Let me show you. uh, Well, let me just say this. This is one reason why I love being associated with the wellness company. Because you have doctors who critically think, and part of the wellness company's program is uh, that you can have access to these doctors in very short order to talk to them about what is what is ailing you in, in somewhat of a concierge medicine uh, telehealth model. Um, there are not doctors out there that critically think. It, it seems to be that's the minority among medical professionals today, not at the wellness company.
1: Well, I think that you know outpatient primary medical care has been highly captured by hospital groups and large doctor-oriented medical groups that have been enforcing consensus medicine. Consensus medicine is invariably wrong from the point of view that, and I've said this for the last four years, if not forever, that evidence has its own existence. It doesn't matter what 10 or 100 or 1,000 doctors say about the evidence the evidence has to speak for itself. And the only way to know what the evidence says is to listen to the evidence, not what doctors or scientists say about the evidence. And that includes me, you know, I have my ideas and opinions and I try to be objective, but really the only way to know is to go back to the evidence itself and uh, try to understand it, try to understand how objective and truthful it was done and then make the case for what you think the evidence says. That's the only way, and it's difficult.
0: I don't want to speak for all of you at the wellness company, but I think the difference between the doctors there and other doctors are that you're willing to look at all of the evidence and make a determination, where other doctors only want to look at some of the evidence, the evidence that some groups give them.
1: Uh, I would agree with you that one of the, the major flaws in modern evidential reasoning is cherry-picking. Picking the studies you want to cite in order to make a, a pre-identified uh, you know, case as to what you want to find, and ignoring or downplaying the studies that, that interfere with your reasoning. And that includes calling those other studies low-quality, saying that they, they don't re- reach your quality of evidence. And that's, of course, a very subjective way of saying, and this is all part of, for example, in the modern era, the tobacco company playbook, when lung cancer was very obviously known to be caused by cigarette smoking, the tobacco companies would say, oh, well, we don't have enough evidence yet. We need more research on this to prove that this is actually true. And and the studies that show this, well, they're not really as high quality studies as we would like. They all have this flaw, that flaw, the other flaw, and, and so on. We need more evidence. This has been the, the modern propaganda method of, of cherry picking scientific evidence to make your claim rather than letting all the objective evidence speak for itself.
0: So Pfizer takes out a, a bunch of um commercials during the Super Bowl $7 million a pop that's a drop of the bucket when you literally made billions of dollars thanks to the federal government giving you immunity and pushing out mandates and all these things I believe they're trying to rescue their their reputation but then I started to think well they sponsor everything maybe the media is not honest about them because Pfizer's not only paying at the Super Bowl but they're paying everything take take a look at this
1: doc
0: Sponsored by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. Good morning. So... It goes on and on and on. I could still play another 30 seconds of that, which I don't mean to laugh because when I was at Newsmax and and, and Newsmax, to their credit, let me talk about what I believe to be dangers of the vaccine and present evidence about it. They, But I would throw it a commercial and there'd be a, a commercial for the vaccine and it was normally paid for by the federal government, by the way, of all places. But So everybody's guilty of it, but no wonder there was no pushback from the media on this stuff.
1: Well, so uh, pharma advertising on the media, which was permitted, I think, when, when was it, 1985? Or, or some, uh, I forgot the date, when, when we started reallowing advertising uh, of drugs and, and vaccines on media that no other country does, that this advertising serves three purposes. It serves to promote the product so consumers will buy them. It serves uh, to alert doctors so that The doctors are put as the intermediate person to inform patients of the risks and benefits of the medication. This is called the learned intermediate defense and pharma uses that to escape its ultimate responsibility for the legal requirements for informing patients. And the third thing is to addict the media to the pharma income from the advertising. And this is not just lay media, the medical journal advertising is a huge problem also and does exactly the same thing that media becomes addicted to that income which it takes for granted and then can't risk losing and so then it has to align its messaging to the desires of their pharma overlords.
0: Well, guess who loses in the end? The American people uh, in all of those scenarios including the doctors when you talk about medical journals being on the take as well. So uh, this is certainly a problem. Now There's free speech and I'm not saying that people can't buy commercials and all of these things. But I think the the way to solve this problem is to have the American people wake up, ask themselves when you're watching a certain program, what is the motivation of this commentator? What is the motivation of this network? What is the motivation of this advertiser? You start to ask yourself these questions. And in the end, I give this piece of advice to people. Once you realize that both the government and the media is willing to lie to you. And that's more than will lie to you, but absolutely willing to lie to you. If you come to the acknowledgement that that is a fact now in today's society, the whole world opens up to you as your eyes get bigger and you start to do your own research. Because if you're not doing your own research, uh, you will get left out in in the cold because they will try to dupe you. They have, they will, and they're going to, Doc.
1: I think it's actually even bigger than that because I, for one, have stopped watching so-called legacy network TV entertainment and movies because there is so large a presence of social engineering in that, that the characters, the roles, the attitudes, the personalities, everything is calculated script and direction wise to portray things, to desensitize the population to values that may or may not be your values. I'm not saying one shouldn't share in those values. I'm saying that this is a subversive propaganda system that's used to push those values onto the American public, onto the watchers.
0: This is why I know you choose Stinchfield, the podcast, and Real America's Voice. I know these are your favorite places to consume news, Doc, and <laughs>
1: Maybe not. I don't know. hope so.
0: Um, I appreciate. Uh, right. You. I think we're all
1: off, off network at this point.
0: I think so. And uh, and you really need to be. And and this that's another thing that I tell people. Find people that you believe you can trust, even fact check them. I don't care if my my viewers, listeners research what I say, I want them to. But if you find people that you believe in general, you can trust. Keep going back to those outlets instead of the outlets that you're questionable at, because usually when you're questioning something, it's usually there's a reason why you're why you're questioning it. Um, Doc, I appreciate you coming on today. I want to remind everybody about uh, TWC forward slash Grant. That's the wellness company uh, to prepare themselves for any kind of, of emergency. I'll just ask you this: This company's exploding. I see it everywhere. Uh, Doctor Rich, are, are are even you surprised by the success of of people taking on to this company and the need for it
1: I'm I'm very happily pleased by how well it started to do as a new startup it's like a year and a half old in you know in actual being out in business and it's it's doing remarkably well it seems to have hit um, a nerve in the general population that's looking for something like us and it's important because I think we're helping people and people are getting something that they value because they keep coming back to us yeah. And and it's all very important, and and um, so we're really quite pleased that, and in fact, the reason why you've seen us in your comment about that, where we have an um, an advertising presence, I guess you'd put it, is because that people are supporting us so well that that's given us the opportunity to be able to present our case in advertising to the general public. And, and I think that's the best that we could be doing.
0: Th- this is why i talk about a parallel economy and you want to support companies that believe in the things you're doing because one of the benefits of the wellness company's advertising campaign constantly doing interviews like this one on networks like real america's voice on on, on networks like uh the blaze and others and and going out there and doing podcasts everywhere you possibly can is we talk about subjects the mainstream media is not talking about and in many cases, we wouldn't be doing episodes like this if it wasn't for the wellness company. That's a huge benefit to the American public in general, uh, even if you're they're not buying your product. So I, I want people to support companies that believe in the things we do. And you know what I really believe in is simply freedom and the truth. You can be on a different side of the political aisle, fine. But if you're committed to freedom and the truth, we can have all the debates we want and and cordial discourse but freedom of the truth is what everything, what this country is about. And, and the wellness company clearly from, from my involvement and what I've seen, that's the whole game right there. And uh, making sure people are well, self-efficient.
1: Yes, and even if you're skeptical, as which everybody should be, even if you're skeptical about our products, read what we say about them, read the evidence that we have behind them and draw your own conclusions. You don't have to buy our products if you stay skeptical, but we at least think that there's evidence to promote our products as useful, and we're in very uncharted territory in the pandemic, and so we're really kind of just trying our best to see how we can help. And the fact that the company is being successful is allowing us to explore further ways that, that we can help and provide medical care and, and products that are useful. And that's, I think the best we could be doing. That is the free markets at work. And I wouldn't be involved in,
0: in the wellness company if I didn't think that uh, it was a 100% great company. Uh, and so, and I really do believe that. Um, Dr. Harvey Risch, I appreciate you coming on today. It's always great to see you. And uh, thank you for your insight on all of these things. It's great to be with you, my pleasure. Absolutely. And, and again, folks, twc.health forward slash grant. I didn't really talk about the spike support uh, product they have helping you get rid of this vaccine. If you took it, uh, can help you get rid of this vaccine. There's a lot of evidence there. You can read about it on their website. But go to TWC.healthforward forward slash grant. Use the promo code grant for 10% off. And uh, I'm grateful for everything they're doing. You got to be prepared. Again, folks, ammunition, food, and of course medications as well. You have to have these things on hand. If uh, things are to go down, you want to keep yourself and your family safe. Those are the things you're going to need. The wellness company can help you on the medical side of things. TWC.health forward slash grant. Use the promo code grant for 10% off. That's going to do it for us today, folks. I will see you all on the Real America's Voice show tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Stinchfield's Army Rolls.
2: We'll see you then.